0: gentlemen to another episode of Boozy Bracketology. I am your host, Sarah, and tonight, if you know me, you're going to know we're doing my favorite thing, which is going through horror movies. If you really know me, you know that that is a bold-faced lie. But what I can stand behind is female-fronted horror movies. A uh, female character, a strong female. I'm excited every time. Uh, We got a good group of panelists here that I'm really excited about tonight. And I want to start off with one of the hosts of the Dead Girls Talking Podcast. Jenna, how are you tonight? And what are you drinking?
1: Excellent. Thank you. Um, I am excited to be here. I I hope that I'm like half of a strong female-led thing. So I'm going to try to stay on theme. Um, I am having, because yesterday was the first day of fall, I am having that one pumpkin beer I have every year that's never as good as I think it's going to be. But um, we have to go through this annually. It's my time.
0: That's an excellent choice and a good way to start. I actually have a fall-themed beer as well. Um, This is a Campfire Stout. And it is a stout with graham crackers, molasses, and other natural flavors, which means probably not natural flavors, but it's kind of like s'more beer, so I can't get wrong, go wrong with that. Next up, I want to introduce the personal horror of my life. Steven, how are you tonight? I missed you. It's been a while.
2: You only kid because you know you love me.
0: True. All true. All true.
2: Well, I guess I can't drown my sorrows then, so I'll just go ahead and crack open a traditional Stephen Diet Mountain Dew because there's no reason to mess with a classic.
0: I was wondering what choice you were going with tonight, so good choice on that also. Next, we're going to keep this rolling. So, our next panelist is a horror aficionado and author, but author Isabel Drake. Isabel, thank you for joining us. Uh, How are you tonight, and what are you drinking?
3: Hi, I'm doing great tonight. Tonight I'm drinking a very, uh, the box tells me, bold and jammy. So uh, it's a Franzia or Franzia uh, box wine. It's most excellent and boxy.
0: I love it. I think we're all feeling a little bold tonight. Next, we're going to jump across the U.S. 3,000 miles, so 3,000 miles away, but number one in my heart. Chris, how are you doing tonight, my friend? And what do you have to drink?
4: Sarah, I am doing well. I am doing very well. Uh, I am here tonight to make some bold decisions and make some bold picks. And because of that, I went with a $10, maybe a $12 bottle of bourbon. Uh, And now if you try and buy it, it's like $35. And this is apropos. This is the Walking Dead Spirits of the Apocalypse bourbon. And I am mixing it as always because it's not a good bourbon. It's, It's fine. It's a good mixer. Mixing it with a little bit of Diet Ginger Ale and just a splash of lime juice.
0: Sounds like that $10 is going very far for you. Glad to hear it. And last, we have one of the other hosts of the Dead Girls Talking Podcast, Minda. How are you tonight? I know you're not drinking, um, but we're super excited to have you join us. How are you doing tonight?
5: I'm fantastic. I really wanted to pick up a fireball spiked pumpkin pie, but I dropped the ball on that for tonight. But... I'm here anyway, and I'm doing rad.
0: Awesome. Well, there's always next time. So, as I said, we are going to be narrowing down the female-fronted horror movies from the 2000s and the 2010s. Um, I can tell you that I'm really excited to hear all these because this will be the first time I'm hearing about any of these movies. So, of all the impartial judges in all <laughs> the past podcasts, I am going to be your most impartial post tonight. Uh, We're going to get this started. Um, Our very first choice is the number one seed, Let the Right One In, versus the 16 seed, The Skeleton Key. Jenna, let's start with your thoughts.
1: Okay. This is going to be an unpopular take, but I swear I'm right about this. Let the Right One In is not a horror movie. It is a cute story about a boy and his preteen vampire girlfriend. it's it's heartwarming. It's not scary. The skeleton key is some of Kate Hudson's best work. I stand by that. That's It's the only Kate Hudson movie I've ever liked. There's a plot twist at the end that I find genuinely surprising. Um, maybe because I'm dumb, I don't know. We'll all have a chance to speak on this, but I was taken aback by the, the twist of the skeleton game. So that gets my vote.
0: Perfect. We are starting off with the 16 seed, having one vote over the number one seed, Steven, let's hear from you.
2: Yeah. Uh, you're probably right that it might be the best Kate Hudson work. Um, that's like saying it's the least smelly turd in the men's room. I'm sorry. Skeleton Key is just – it's not a good movie. It's absolute crap. i, I, I You can see the turn coming from a mile away. Uh, let the right one in, um, which I'm a little confused because it looks like we're using the American title, I think. Yeah, so this is 2008, so it's definitely the American one.
4: No, this is the Swedish oh, this is version. Sweet. Yep.
2: Okay, good, good. That's what I thought, because I thought 2008 was when the American one, I just psyched myself up. That's good, because the Swedish one so much better than the American one. The Swedish one is this, it is this genuinely eerie, creepy thing, and it's not a traditional horror movie. There's not a lot of pop scares, there's not a lot of, like, there's some gore, but not a lot of gore that takes you in. But the tragedy, the true horror, is you start the film with that old man that's taking care of this vampire girl. And you realize how he's ruined his life and how he's just given over everything to her. And you can see her grooming the young boy that's the main character into taking over that exact same position. So the horror isn't that the vampire is scary. The horror is grooming and conditioning this young child in this weird Psychotic way that it just gets deeper and deeper, and that's what makes it a true masterpiece of horror. So, let the right one in. Great film, particularly the original Swedish version, and genuinely creepy if you step back and look at it from that perspective, which is how I've always read it. So, let the right one in gets my vote.
0: Okay, so we have a vote for each. Isabel, let's hear your thoughts.
3: I do like Skeleton Key. But I'm going with let the right one in because of the psychological aspects. So I would, that's where I i agree that I think that's where the creepiness comes from. And I thought it was a bigger story with more pieces to it. And so, yeah, let the right one in for me.
0: So another quick vote for creepiness. Chris, are you going to tie this up?
4: Uh, No. So I want to make a mea culpa because I have made it abundantly clear in episode one that I did not like the skeleton key. But I will also say that I might Jenna, I might be dumb along with you because I didn't see that ending coming. I'm also a guy that didn't see the ending of the village coming. So take that for what it is. But my problem with the movie The Skeleton Key goes back to the fact that I love film and one of the things when this movie came out I was really into reading reviews and Roger Ebert kind of summed it up perfectly. It's that there's two problems fundamentally with the skeleton key. One is that a lot of the scares that happen in the movie have nothing to do with the plot. The scares that happen are these cats jumping out of nowhere to scare someone from the foreground to the background. And it's all based on a reaction and sound effects. It's not because it's a genuinely creepy movie. It's because the camera and the way it's set up is making it look creepier than it actually is. The other thing is that it's, the, it's the movie, the gun principle for movies. If you introduce a gun in the first half, it's got to go off in the third. And they introduced that with the attic door and it has to go off in the third. And that just felt disingenuous to me. It didn't feel original, I guess, is my problem um the ending didn't see that coming I actually loved the ending thought it was a really cool ending i've got a lot to say about let the right one in but to me personally this one isn't even close let the right one in is my vote
0: let the right one in will be moving on but as always in bra- boozy bracketology we want to hear from all of our guests so minda let's hear your thoughts I'm
5: all about The Skeleton Key, and let me just make a point here. Is I'm watching these movies to be entertained, if I wanted to have, like, a psychological analyst, I would go have dinner with my parents. You know, I don't need all of that. I like the jump scares. I like the cat. I like the twist, and I like the whole Cajun voodoo thing. Like, that is my jam. I'm about that, and I'm not ashamed. Boom. Go America.
1: I think I love that antebellum, witches, is yeah. to inhabit Kate Hudson's body. That was my favorite. Right,
5: because she's white, and she has no bottom. Like, I... I would be that the same way. I want a text this time. Yeah. Do you think that I would like to inhabit an ironing board? No, thank you. But they reluctantly do it to keep the curse going. I'm about that moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let the right one in is moving on. Our next matchup is between the number eight seed, 2007's paranormal activity with the nine seed, 2007's, teeth steven start us off
2: uh earlier in this bracket we talked about the blair witch project um, which was a film which kicked off one of the weakest genres of film known to man and was incredibly boring where nothing happened for the entire film and there was a time a more innocent time in this world where i believed naively and regretfully that That was the most boring way to do a horror movie ever imagined. And then the true nightmare of all, somebody heard that thought in my mind and said, hold my beer, I'm making Paranormal Activity. A film that could not possibly exist because no one would cut all that footage, and absolutely nothing, nothing happens until the final second when we get a jump square that makes no sense. Teeth is a middle-of-the-road movie. It's got some good parts. It's got some bad parts. But honestly, Paranormal Activity should go down as one of the worst, most boring films ever made. Why anybody likes it, I cannot understand. It's literally home movies where something might happen at the very end, but by that point you're so asleep... The only thing that PopScare does is wake you up mildly to remind you to leave the theater. So my vote is going to Teeth.
0: One very enthusiastic vote for Teeth. Isabel, what's your thoughts on this? I didn't think that
3: paranormal activity was boring, but I did think it was frustrating because don't those people have any friends that they could call and ask for help? They never seem to call anyone. And, um she's supposed to be in school, but she never really does any homework and never goes anywhere. So I thought it was kind of scary, and I kind of did like it. But I'm picking teeth because I thought that teeth was more complex, it was weirder, that it had definitely to me it had more rising action. And um,
0: yeah, I'm going with teeth. Two votes for teeth. Chris your thoughts
4: yeah, so if that scare at the end of paranormal activity seemed out of place it's because when the studio bought the film, they paid them to go back and refilm the end in- to redo the ending um, It's a good scare at the end it it's it, it's interesting uh, but Steven's kind of right like it's another one of those movies that I thought Blair Witch project did it a lot better, but it's another one of those movies that you're just kind of waiting for things to happen to the character. The characters aren't driving the plot necessarily other than they're living in a house. I don't love teeth. I don't. Um, but there's a memorable scene from Teeth. And if you don't know what Teeth is about, go Google it. I'm not going to ruin that for you. I'll let Minda or Jenna kind of get into that if they like. But there's a scene in Teeth where the protagonist stands up after having intercourse, we'll call it. And she stands up and then something hits the ground. And you realize what it is and you just want to puke. And it's one of those movies that actually kind of it gave me that involuntary reaction. I don't love the movie, but it's much more memorable to me than Paranormal Activity is. Honestly, this is an overset on my part. Paranormal Activity probably shouldn't be on here. That probably should be Wreck, um, the, uh, the Mexican found footage film. But uh, no, Teeth gets my vote.
0: So just like that, Teeth is moving on. We want to hear next from Minda. What's your thoughts on these two films? Um, They both annoy me.
5: I'm going to just start with that because I don't like that found footage business and I'm cranky and old. So I'm just going to say that. And I'm only going to vote for teeth because what because this is a female fronted horror bracket. And what is more female fronted than someone's female front butt going on a rampage like that? So, you know, I'm grudgingly giving that vote over. I'm like you, though. I'm not a big horror movie person. So I've had to, like, research some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kindred spirits there. So, grudgingly, I'm giving it to Teeth only because I hate that found footage thing on Paranormal Activity.
0: Glad to know that I'm not alone because Chris makes me feel weird about this. So, uh, one hate vote for Teeth. Uh, It's moving on. Is this going to be a sweep? It is (laughs) going to
1: be a sweep. Um, I got Paranormal Activity out of Redbox, and I did fall asleep watching it. And the jump scare did not wake me up. And I've never tried again. So that's like all I know about paranormal activity. Teeth I actually like. This isn't even a hate vote. Um, it was a very clever concept. This is most appropriate for the theme of the bracket. Um, It was a little unnecessarily gross and, like, logistically complex. I do disagree with Menda. It was not a front butt on a rampage. It was a front butt (laughs) strategically taking out enemies because sometimes it bites, sometimes it doesn't. Logistically, I worry about that because my vagina and I have disagreed many times (laughs) about whether or not we're in a place we want to be in, so I don't know how that pans out. But for the purposes of... It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor, and it's a good metaphor. I like teeth.
0: With the clean sleep is teeth, and now I am going to have to Google front butt because I would like to see a photo of this.
5: Uh, be careful na- about your. Be careful what you Google.
0: I feel like I'm already gonna have nightmares tonight because I'm a sissy. That's why I don't like horror films. I actually get scared. Um, I did watch the trailer for the, the next round, though. I don't know why, but it, it just happened. I thought saw it and thought I wanted to see what they were about. Uh, so the next ones we're looking at is the number five seed, The Descent, versus the number 12 seed, The Ring. Isabel, we want to start with you on this one. Um,
3: I do like The Ring, but I'm going with The Descent. The connection between the women I thought was interesting. The, um, the rising action I thought was compelling. It stays for me when I watch it, it stays with me more than the ring. And I think that it is, um, stands the test of time more. And the creature sounded really creepy and I like creepy creatures. So the descent. One vote for the
0: descent. Chris, let's hear from you.
4: Yes, let's. Cause everybody wants to hear from me. Um, The Ring is a phenomenal film. It's a phenomenal movie. It's a movie that shouldn't work because Ringu, the the Japanese version, is just absolutely creepy as hell. Uh, But Gore Verbinski's Ring here is phenomenal. But The Descent is one of those horror movies that manages to scare you in two different ways. Not only is it a creature feature with genuinely creepy creatures that are in the woods, that are in the caves hunting them, but there are scenes in this movie that are just genuinely claustrophobic. Like you're sitting in a movie theater at home and they're getting stuck in these really tight places and you're feeling your body scrunch up that's that's really good filmmaking and the 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 woman the they're all women that are in this but the the two female leads are phenomenal and the fact that there's there's two different endings of it there's the Australian ending, there's the American ending. It doesn't matter. The endings both make sense in the way that they're portrayed and it's actually well done. The Descent, to me, is a rare film that kind of combines two different types of horror into one, and they work so well together because the creature feature, the creature pieces of it and the, the, the claustrophobic pieces of it mesh together so well because of the environment that it's in. This is a, a movie telling a story about these women and their personal... I don't call it drama, but their personal issues that they're dealing with that just happen into a bad situation. But it tells the story of the drama in line... With the horror that's going on around it. So for me, The Descent is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I'm moving it along.
0: With a quick two-nothing lead. Minda, let's hear
5: your thoughts. Um, It's not going to shock you, though, when I tell you that I hate The Ring. Because it's it just reminds me of every hot topic goth girl that comes through my mortuary program. That doesn't really know what they're getting into. I'm not a huge fan of the ring. I've watched it. I actually watched it recently with my kid, who's getting into the horror genre, and I, it's, I don't find it very scary. Like it's not my thing. It's slow. There's a lot of heavy gasping and eye rolling, and I'm just like, I'm a little bit over it. I like the descent because there's a lot more female characters. Like the whole, like he said, the whole, the whole cast is female, and I do personally love. And I'm gonna borrow the term again, the creature feature. I love a good monster, you know, because you never know. And I and I dig that, so I'm gonna, I'm giving it to the Descent because I hate the Ring.
0: And with that vote, the Descent is moving on. But Jenna, we still want to hear what you have to say. The Descent,
1: I refuse to rewatch.
0: I don't get
1: the legitimate heebies very often. I love scary movies. Um, the Descent was just so visceral and so claustrophobic and so close to things that I am scared of in real life. I I love that it did that, but I don't need to see it again. And that's how I know it's a good movie. The Ring drove me nuts, not because of goth girls, but like, okay, hear me out. The whole reason that they call it The Ring is because she's in the well. And the only thing she can see is that ring of light coming from around when they close her up in the well. That's not how that works. It would fall through the middle if you could see... I mean, like, if it's a slightly ajar well lid, but I guess they didn't want to call it, like, the sliver or the total darkness. But if there is light escaping your well lid in a perfect circle, your well is not secure. That's all I'm saying. That's all I got. The descent.
5: That well is not up to code.
1: That well is not up to code.
0: Somebody needs to call an engineer. And last, but usually not always least, Steven. Let's hear from you. Is this going to be a sweep as well?
2: Oh, yeah. This absolutely has to be a sweep because The Descent is a brilliant, wonderful movie. Um, if you look at like the early slasher films, the object with writing our main characters was to make them as likable as possible so we didn't want them to die. And then as the genre evolved and moved on, what happened was we craved more and more extreme deaths to top the last feature that we saw. So we had to start making our characters less and less likable, so we didn't care when they went through these extreme, gruesome deaths. The Descent completely discards that. It makes these wonderfully lovable but flawed characters. And it pulls off this amazing magic trick, where, because it doesn't want to give us right to the creatures, it wants to give us time to fall in love with these characters... It puts them in those caves where the horror is that claustrophobic feeling so that they're in tension. They're in a legitimately really scary place that's playing on our primal nerves and the things that scare us to begin with while we're getting to know these characters. And then once we fall in love with them, once we're completely creeped out because we feel like we can't breathe because every shot is so tight, emphasizing how claustrophobic is, that's when it drops the creatures and it kicks up the horror to a whole nother level. It is a brilliantly made film with a wonderful cast with great characters. The Ring, we all remember the one scene where the girl comes out of the TV because that's the only good scene in The Ring. The rest of it is slow-paced, uninteresting, and not very scary. So The Descent all the way.
0: There's some love for The Descent there. I'm going to put that on my list of movies still not to watch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Next. Grouping is two I'm a little curious about because one of these movies is the only one I have seen on this entire right side of the bracket. Um, so we are looking at the 2000 Ginger Snaps versus Orphan released in 2009. Chris, start us off.
4: So both of these movies, in the grand scheme of things, ended up being forgettable to me. And one of those is shocking because uh, my one of my best friends in college, Jessica, like we would have movie marathons at her house or at her apartment because one natty light was cheap and two we didn't really like to go see people. People were suck. And her favorite movie was Ginger Snaps. And like I've seen, I've seen Ginger Snaps, and I fell in love with Catherine Isabel because one wow, but two like the the story they tell of this these sisters that are tied by sisterhood is actually kind of compelling. And I can't tell you a single thing that happened in that movie now. I legitimately don't remember but I loved it when I was in college. And then Orphan is just utterly forgettable. I, I don't remember jumping in that movie once. It, it feels like it's... Also it feels like it's almost like The Omen, but not scary at all. Actually, it feels like The Omen remake is what it feels like. No, uh, Ginger Snaps, at least I have recollection of being a positive experience enjoying the movie at one point in time, I do need to go back and watch it again. But the fact that they've made, I think, three or four of them at this point, I can't remember the plot of any of them, is a little concerning. But no, Ginger Snaps uh, will get my vote.
0: One vote for Ginger Snaps. Minda, what's your thoughts on these? My thoughts on this is that The
5: Orphan is no better than any episode of Dateline, because it could possibly happen. I think it has happened. I'm sorry if you love that movie. but You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think it's a horror movie. I think it's, you know, Foster Care Gone Wrong, number one. And again, we're talking about horror movies. So I'm going to go with Ginger Snaps. I know know some about it, but there's legitimate werewolf action quantifying as a horror movie. So, you know, I don't have a lot to say about it, and that's where I'm going on it.
0: All right, two votes for Ginger Snaps. And as we know, I'm lame, and I do love a good dateline once in a while. (laughs) Jenna, what's your thoughts on Ginger Snaps and Orphan?
1: I did not like Orphan. I agree. There's weirder and more entertaining stuff going on in the actual world. Like, occasionally a couple adopts a child that turns out to be, like, an adult European little person. That's happened before. And that's the story I want to see. You can tell from, the like, just the trailer of Orphan what's going to happen. It's, like... You know, is that some, something's wrong with that kid? There's gonna be it, it is like somebody ordered the omen off wish. Gender snaps, on the other hand, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Saskia sisters. Um, Catherine, Isabel, absolutely a girl crush. Um, American Mary was better, but gender, gender Snaps was good. And like in the theme of what we're doing here, it's it's a menstruation metaphor. It's, it's how, you know, you, you get your period and you're not yourself for a little while in accordance with the lunar cycle. Um, so I think it's very apt, um, not unlike teeth, it's a metaphor, if that's a, a thing that I keep saying over and over tonight. But I, I thought it was really well handled. And like the intro thing with the closeness of the sisters and how they, um, they like staging fake crime scenes that that kind of inspired like my life direction a little bit, so I have to give Ginger Snaps credit.
0: With that, Ginger Snaps is moving on, and speaking of things that are ordered off Wish, Steven, let's hear your thoughts. Wow. I did it.
2: I'll remember that. I'll remember. Okay, uh, so as regards these films, yeah, the problem with Orphan is it's, you know, you can see it coming a mile away. There's really only one way that twist can go because it's not a supernatural film. So there's only one option that she's a adult person that just appears to be a little girl, uh, ginger snaps, werewolf for menstruation cycle, little on the nose. Sure. But it works. You can't say it doesn't work. And it's genuinely a good movie. There's chemistry between the two female leads. Uh, I believe them as sisters, uh, even as looks are kind of close. So, yeah, I'll I'll watch Ginger Snaps. It's not my favorite. It's not the best werewolf movie, but um, it's way more entertaining than Orphan ever was. So, Ginger Snaps.
0: Ginger Snaps. So, is this going to be a sweep? Isabel?
3: Yes, it is. It's a sweep. Uh, One thing that we haven't mentioned yet is the creepy relationship between the mom and the daughters. And I think that that adds some tension. And interest and relatability. So. No one threw
1: you a party when you got your period.
3: <laughs> no, and I feel cheated. I wanted a period party.
5: You know, you can throw yourself a party every single month. All
0: right. <laughs> it's never too late.
4: Stephen, we don't get parties. It's okay.
0: Which just proves no, that girls, girls go to Mars to get day. more candy bars. Boys go to Jupiter to get more <laughs> stupider. <laughs> Boom. Sorry. Uh, so with that, Ginger Snaps takes the sweep. Our next matchup is between 2009's House of the Devil and 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Minda, start us off. Um,
5: Dawn of the Dead? Like, I don't, I don't know that it's much of a... For me, there wasn't much of a thing there, like a competition. It's For me, it's Dawn of the Dead. Because I love a good zombie. You know what I mean? It's it's well, I thought it was well done. Again, I'm not the subject matter expert in this theme. But I like Dawn of the Dead. House of the Devil, just okay. Like, I had to do some research on that to be prepared for this, if that tells you how memorable it was. All
0: right, one vote for Dawn of the
5: Dead.
1: Jenna? I've got to go House of the Devil. It was a really slow burn, but for some reason, I can rewatch that movie. Um, I find it, like, weirdly comforting. It was creepy in the right way, and then it's like this Rosemary's Baby thing, and then instead of some kind of cheap plot twisty thing at the end, it turns out it's real. They're just, you know, they're just devil worshippers in the house. It pulls no punches. I I appreciate that.
0: We're going in with one vote for each. Steven, let's hear your thoughts.
2: Uh, Dawn of the Dead is probably, in fact, I would say definitely Zack Snyder's best film. It's the one he handles most, and I think the reason he did it is because it's following pretty strong from the blueprint of the original. Um, I actually think it's a good movie. Dawn of the Dead, 2004, I'd watch again and again, but I've seen the original a whole bunch of times, too, and I just it's not as special for me then. Uh, House of the Devil is not an amazing movie, but... It feels more something that's unique in and of itself. So I'm going to give it a slight edge here and vote for House of the Devil.
0: Looks like this one's a little spit, a split. Isabel, your thoughts? This
3: is a hard one for me because I definitely love zombies. And the zombies in Dawn of the Dead were, were pretty great. But House of the Devil, it's based on true unexplained events. I mean, That makes it really important. And they had good music, and I felt like the the tension was was cool and different, and the relationship between the, the characters was, um, I don't know, interesting and weird. So there was a weird tension between the characters. So House of the Devil, and I had a Walkman, which is also really cool.
0: <laughs> House of the Devil is going to move on, but Chris, we still want to hear from you.
4: I am genuinely happy this doesn't come down to me because I actually love both of these movies. I think House of the Devil is atmospheric horror at its peak. Um, The director of of House of the Devil is a guy named Ty West. He's done two other phenomenal horror movies that I wanted to put on this bracket, but I didn't. Uh, There's The Sacrament, which follows a Jonesboro-esque sect out in somewhere that just goes crazy. And then he has one called uh, The Innkeepers, which is just a creepy ghost story in and in. But Dawn of the Dead's actually a really good movie. I, I genuinely enjoy Dawn of the Dead, and I don't think it's because of Zack Snyder. I think it's because the writing is great. And oh, the writer, by the way, is James freaking Gunn. Yeah. Uh, do we, We're somehow forgetting the fact that James Gunn, before he did Slither, which somehow isn't on this list, and that's on me. But he's a, a damn good writer, and he puts his characters in unique positions where they have to make believable decisions in the environment that they're existing in. With that being said, House of the Devil to me is a better film than Rosemary's Baby. I'll say it. It's a better film than Rosemary's Baby. House of the Devil moves on.
0: House of the Devil is moving on. The next matchup is between Drag Me to Hell from 2009 and Jennifer's Body from 2009. 2009 matchup. Jenna, start us off.
1: I can't get past House of the Devil being a better film than Rosemary's Baby, but I'm going to try to collect myself and move forward. Um, This is really hard. I didn't want to go first on this one because I like both of these movies in very different ways. And it's a real Sophie's choice that two enter and one leave. Um, Drag Me to Hell, objectively the better movie. Um like genuinely scary in moments and it's an extremely relatable character in a very relatable like everything that like gets set in motion because she's having work problems at her job at the bank. It's like it's just such a pedestrian premise that sets off this whole Ugh and the ending, the button, the ending. It's the only time I've ever not just hated Justin Long. It's a good, I'm going with drag me to hell, but Jennifer's body is highly rewatchable and so weird. And I'm sorry to see it go. So reluctantly drag me to hell.
0: One reluctant vote for drag me to hell. Steven, let's hear from you.
2: Jennifer's body is a film that I do like more than I would have thought. Um, it is, a, it is highly rewatchable. Like, it's, it's fun. It's, it's I would go back to it a couple more times. But at the end of the day, I think genuinely, there is a much, much better film in Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell is just one of those, like, uh, it's like climbing up a roller coaster, and once you go down that first hill, you just keep going, and it keeps getting more and more intense. And it does a really good job of pacing itself so that every beat is a little bit creepier, a little bit stronger. I think it's just got a really good momentum that a lot of films have problems keeping up. So I'm going to go with Drag Me to Hell.
0: It's two votes for Drag Me to Hell. Isabel? Drag Me to Hell
3: for uh, some of the reasons that were already said. And also it has a fierce old lady in it. And I think that's pretty cool. And um, the end. is pretty intense.
0: Quick and easy. Another vote and it is moving on. Drag Me to Hell. But, Chris, we want to hear from
4: you. Okay, so first off, I have to address what I just said previously because the alcohol was talking. Um, House of the Devil is not a better movie than Rosemary's Baby. I have a deep disdain for Roman Polanski, like a very deep disdain for that man, and I just want him to be held accountable to the crimes that he committed. And he should be, but he's hiding like a bitch. So, um, in this case, in this case, yeah, I'm sorry, I went deep. I went a little dark there, sorry. In this case... uh. Drag Me to Hell proved something to me that I was really kind of struggling with. It proved that you could make a genuinely scary PG-13 horror movie that wasn't based on something that came out of Japan. Like It's an original horror movie from Sam Raimi, who's a ma- one of the masters of, this, of his craft right now. But it's genuinely scary. And then you get Allison Lohman giving a phenomenal performance. She is so good in this movie. I, I loved her from Matchstick Men. I loved her in Big Fish, and she's phenomenal here. And the old lady is just, oh, it's so creepy. But the, the scenario that it's in, now I work in the banking sector, it would never happen that way, but the scenario that's in is actually very relatable. Like you put her in a, a scenario that you can kind of put yourself into, and she has to make a choice, and then she has to reckon with the choice that she made. It's an extreme scenario, but it's believable to an extent. Drag Me to Hell, to me, is a better movie. Uh, Jennifer's body is not hard to say. Megan Fox's best work because she plays into the character that we think she is, but is actually somewhat against what her actual life is like, that it's it's very, it's very an actually interesting character. I think the, the downside of that movie is Amanda Seyfried. Uh, that would be the only time I'll say that Megan Fox is the reason to watch that movie. Oh, there's the cat. I'm going with uh, Drag Me to Hell.
0: Drag Me to Hell picks up its fourth vote. Minda, any parting words for the 14C Jennifer's body?
5: Megan Fox has Toe Thumbs, so I'm not voting for anything that she is in. They're vastly different movies. I feel like they're not even like relatable at all. So I'm going with, not that it matters at this point, we'll just throw it toward Drag Me to Hell. Megan Fox, hashtag Toe Thumbs. Love it. Love
0: it.
4: You love Toe Thumbs?
0: I love her disdain for Toe Thumbs.
4: Okay. I got a lot of
0: disdain. For yeah, I want to make stuff. that clear. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I heard good things about you. I like <sighs> this. <laughs> the next matchup is between the number seven seed, the 2001 The Others. I'm just, I think that's the one with Nicole Kidman. I could be yeah. wrong. Yep. Okay. And the 2005 Red Eye, which is the number, number 10 seed. Steven, start us off.
2: Okay. So I know it's about ghost. But my only hesitation about voting for the others here is, is it a horror movie? Because it's essentially a much better version of The Six Sets. Like, I know, I know there's generally scary parts to it. Uh, so I guess, yeah, it technically is horror, because horror is a subset of Gothic, which is a subset of romance. Subset, okay, so yes, I'll go ahead. The Others is a horror movie, and if that's the case, it is a much better movie, because it's... Really well acted, really well paced, and generally does a much better job of hiding its twist ending than The Sixth Sense did, even though it came out after The Sixth Sense. Um, So I would much rather watch The Others again than Red Eye, so The Others.
0: One vote for The Others. Isabel?
3: I'm voting for The Others also. I thought it was atmospheric. I don't love it to death, but I... um I guess I'm placing it above red eye, which I thought was okay. So I like the the kids. I thought the kids were creepy. I thought the house was creepy. And I like Nicole Kidman as an actress. So
0: the others, two votes for the others, Jenna, let's hear your thoughts.
4: I think it's my turn now.
0: Did we skip you?
4: (gasps) You skip me and Minda, I believe.
0: Oh my goodness. I am so sorry. It is. Sorry. Hold that thought. Uh, I, Chris, I
4: didn't mean to skip you, but please don't take
0: it personal. Too late.
4: Let's hear from you. You sure? <laughs> yes. All right. Red Eye, to me, is a sentimental pick because I think it's the... holding out, taking out Scream 4, I think it's the last genuinely good Wes Craven film. Uh, it, it's it's genuinely creepy. Uh, I was going to say crisping up, clever. Killian Murphy does this amazing job of somehow looking... Dashing and dapper and creepy as hell at the exact same time, and that's picture perfect for the character he plays here. And Rachel McAdams is the "quote unquote" helpless woman is is awesome because she's not helpless, and it's it's a really interesting film. But everything Steven said is true. Uh, we're gonna have the debate of what quant what constitutes horror in the next matchup. I have a feeling, but if you're gonna if we count and I do count the others and the next movie in the broad scope of horror. The others is by far the better movie. It's a good. It's a good. It's not a good. It's a great ghost story. It's forever intriguing, and that twist ending. You, I don't know. You could not see that coming. This isn't the village. You could not see that twist ending coming. And if you say you could, you're a liar. The others gets my vote, but I, I have a I have a really good, a really deep love for Red Eye, just because, uh, Wes Craven was a masterpiece. He was a masterpiece maker.
0: The others is moving on, and so I'm not an asshole. Minda, we still want to hear from you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm an asshole.
0: It's okay. Um, so, Red Eye, I
5: don't know that it constitutes as horror, though, does it? It just seems like suspense or thrilling. I think the others, there's so many relatable scenes in the others. Like, there's the one where Nicole Kidman just opens her eyes screaming when she wakes up. And I, I feel that on a deep level almost every day. And it's, you know, it's ghosts. It's Victorian. It's ghosts. It's, it is very, very, very atmospheric. You know you are watching a creepy... It's a it's a great movie to put on, like, spooky season. Like, if you want to start spooky season, you can throw that on. And it's... I don't even think it's rated R. So, for me, I really enjoy it because I can watch it with, you know, little people. I just... I like it better.
0: Red Eye's not bad. I just don't think it's a horror movie. Could this be another sweep? Jenna, thank you so kindly for holding your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, I I think for
1: genre reasons, I've got to go with the others.
0: It's not
1: it's not terribly scary. It's gently atmospherically spooky, and as I remember, kind of like sweet in the end because a like a ghost family gets reunited. It's kind of cute. Red Eye. Maybe I need to rewatch it, but the way that I remember that is kind of like like lady diehard sort of. And like time I've ever thought about red Eye since I've seen it was when I was, I was like bartending and I would try to remember the difference in a sea breeze and a bay breeze. <laughs> and that was my point of reference for that. And that's like all I've got left over in my head from having seen red eye. I don't think it was bad. I just didn't find it super memorable.
0: Another sweep, lots of sweeps tonight. We are going to the last matchup of this bracket. It is the number two seed, Pan's Labyrinth, 2006, versus The Grudge from 2004. Isabel, start us off. Okay,
3: I probably, I might regret this. And I'm probably supposed to think Pan, Pan's Labyrinth is the better film because it probably is. But I like The Grudge because I think it's scary and it has a curse and it has a kid that meows like a cat. Curses never die. Curses are scary and scary houses with curses in them and on them are scary. And I just like The Grudge and it scared me and Pan's Labyrinth did not scare me. So The Grudge.
0: And the 15 seed The Grudge picks up its first boat.
4: Chris, uh, so I fought with whether or not to include Pont's Labyrinth on this movie, but I, I went back and looked at the movie Del Toro, the movies of Del Toro, and before that, you get Chronos, Devil's Backbone, both definitely horror movies. Uh, and this one kind of walks the line between horror, fantasy, and drama. It really does, but a lot of these movies do. With that being said, we've all been like a twelve-year-old person at some point in time, and every twelve-year-old needs a safe zone. They need a place where they can go to feel safe, and this girl doesn't have that. In reality, her reality is falling apart. And then even in this other world that she's existing in is scary and fraught with disaster and terror at every turn she goes in. There isn't a person alive that makes a better creature feature than Guillermo del Toro. The guy is a master. He's a, he, he, he makes masterpieces. Uh, this movie, over the shape of water, probably should have won his best picture Oscar. It's his best film, and it's honestly not even close. Pan's Labyrinth, to me, is intricate, it's delicate when it needs to be, but it can be downright terrifying when it has to be, and the cinematography and the color scheme and the way he blends his palettes together to tell two interesting yet depressing stories at once is phenomenal. Uh, and the the woman, the little girl, that's, I call the little girl because she was like 12, she's in her th- 20s or 30s now, but she gave such a breathtaking performance. I love *Pans Labyrinth*. I think that movie is a freaking masterpiece when it comes to filmmaking, horror or not. That movie's phenomenal. *Pans Labyrinth* it's for me not even close. *The Grudge* sucked. Sorry. I'll go see. Go watch Juwan instead. The the, the Japanese version. Sorry, Isabel.
0: So that's one vote for *The Grudge* sucks. Panda, uh, tiebreaker. Let's hear it.
5: I love Pan's Labyrinth. When I saw the trailer for it, it was not a film that came out in regular theater. And we, my friend and I, actually drove across town in Charleston to find a place that would play it. It's beautiful. The storytelling, it's, it's so so hard to follow Chris because he said everything that I wanted to say. And I agree wholeheartedly with, with what he said because that's the kind of movie that stays with you. Like, I, you know, you think about it long after it's done, not just the cinematography, like not just the scenes and everything like that. The storytelling is wonderful. I don't care about the grudge.
4: Did Minda and I just agree on something? I
5: know. Don't, don't get lost in it. I'm Keep scared. going. Air
4: hug.
0: Two votes for Penns, Labyrinth. Jenna, let's hear from you. I'm going
1: to have to agree. I don't know that you would, I don't know if you would file it under horror, but it checks all the boxes. There were lots of moments that were like visually upsetting. And I think that that, you know, that, that counts for a lot. Um, The puppetry was amazing. It really was a gorgeous movie. Um, I am willing to forgive it for what it did to um, Hot Topic merchandising for years.
0: (laughs) You guys almost make me want to watch that movie. Uh, Pan's (laughs) Pan's Labyrinth is moving on. But Steven, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this.
2: Well, yeah, if you're only going to watch one movie from these 64, you need to make it Pan's Labyrinth. Um, Because... While the doesn't always make great films, he always makes beautiful films. He has just got an eye for the camera. He is a great cinematographer, and Penn's Labyrinth is an absolutely beautiful film. It's also absolutely a horror film. The twist is, is the horror is not the fantasy creatures, not even the eyeball hand monster that tries to eat the little girl. The horror is the fascist. When she's not in the death-defying uh, fantasy world, that's the horror because that's real. When the general beats that guy to death with this bottle that doesn't break, because bottles don't actually break the way they usually do in movies, and it allows him to beat that guy's nose end. that that's terrifying. And the fact that this little girl, the best she can do, the best she can escape to, is a reality where eyeball hand monsters are trying to eat her for stealing a grape because she's starving. That is truly deep and terrifying, and yet it's still so beautiful and so affirming in this weird way it it's an amazing film it's not only probably the best film in the bracket no spoilers but it's just one of the best films ever made um i don't even know how the grudge got into the top 64 here i'm going to be honest i think it's a terrible movie um i could think about you know other ones that i would rather get in here but it doesn't matter because they would all lose to pans labyrinth at this round because pans labyrinth beautiful spectacular And it is a true fairy tale in the sense of the word, what it used to mean before Disney got its hands on it. So Pan's Labyrinth all the way.
4: And with that, Pan's Labyrinth is moving along. Unfortunately, Sarah is having some IT issues. So I'm going to go ahead and bring us home. Going into the round of 32, we're going to have Let the Right One In, the one seed, taking on the nine seed of Teeth, the five seed of The Descent, taking on the four seed of Ginger Snaps, the sixth seed of House of the Devil against the three-seed Drag Me to Hell. The seven seed of The Others will take on the two-seed of Pan's Labyrinth. If you're enjoying the show, a couple of things you can do. One, uh, patreon.com slash ptebb is your exclusive home for all of the bonus content for not only Boozy Bracketology, but the pub trivia experience. At the end of each bracket, we are going to have a special bracket called Boozy Revisited where we come back and look at all of the shitty decisions we have made while we eventually crown a champion. And we're going to sound off on what the good and bad decisions are. You're going to hear what we really think about some of the picks that we made. You'll find all of our other bonus content on there for both the PubJu experience and special bonus brackets from Boozy Bracketology right there at Patreon.com slash P-T-E-B-B. Listen, the world sucks right now, and I get that. If you can't afford help, if you can't afford to contribute in that fashion, I get it. I've been there. Do me a favor. Five star rating. Write us a review. That would be awesome. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, have it on in the background. As long as you're not as long as you're not at church. If you're at church, probably pick a different podcast. Uh, I might suggest Joe Rogan. But neither here nor there. In favor of Sarah, not in favor, but with Sarah not being here, I'm gonna go ahead and sign us off for Boozy Bracketology. I have been Chris.
2: I'm Jenna. I'm Minda. I'm Steven, and I don't support listening to Joe Rogan at any time.
4: Good point.
5: Do listen to Dead Girls Talking Podcast.
4: Please do. And then buy books from?
5: Isabel Drake.
4: We will see you next time with the final portion of the Round of 64. Have a good one.